Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Hefter and special guest host Ryan Dyroot here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, is being brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, AG1, Aura, Mint Mobile, and Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. If this is your first time tuning into the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Ryan Dyroot in for Chargers Unleashed today as Dan Wolkenstein is currently in transit because Lucky Dan gets a... A trip to Lambeau to go witness this Chargers game where you're talking about two desperate teams now, Ryan. Two desperate mm-hmm. teams that are trying to get back to 500, trying to stay in the playoff hunt. And after the debacle that the Chargers went through with this Detroit game, they essentially need it. The, the, this, is their, this is their season. If they do not come out of this game with a victory for the remaining slate that the Chargers have, which are all AFC conference opponents... Mm-hmm. They need this game more than anything. Yeah, they absolutely do. You know, and it's, you know, it'll be an interesting game. This isn't a, a team I think a lot of people are excited about right now, but hey, shout out to Dan living the dream gets to go to the football Mecca and Lambo. And um, I wonder how cold it's going to be for, for him and the fam out there. You know, we're what mid November. He might get a nice chilly frosty day at Lambo. That's right. That's right. Uh, we finally got some, some rain in this area last night. I know so that, was, that was a little good change. Like, okay, you know, the winter is finally coming in. Uh, but everybody in Wisconsin right now is probably saying, shut the hell up. You do <laughs> not even know what you're talking about when it comes to cold weather. Uh, yeah. Shout out to everybody who is listening to us on ESPN uh, radio for this. Appreciate you all turning tuning in. So Ryan, I want to just do kind of a quick recap because obviously Monday was very tough to swallow that pill that the chargers brought out. After that loss mm-hmm. to Detroit, Dan and I went through it. Didn't want to spend too much time on it, but just wanted to get your thoughts. Obviously, that you're on here, disappointing in a lot of different facets from that team. That that was their worst defensive performance that they had put out throughout the duration of the season. When they had gone up against playoff contenders, they still have not secured a win against one of them. They're now zero and four against those teams, and now they're in a position where you're close to having to run the table along with getting some help. If you're even wanting to make a playoff run at this point. Yeah. It, you know, I, uh, I wrote an article shameless plug on LAFBnetwork.com kind of about Brandon Staley and this defense. And I, I like Dan have been probably one of the biggest uh, supporters, apologists, whatever you want to call it of Brandon Staley, thinking he can get this thing turned around, seeing how he, you know, his leadership styles, the the change of culture he's attempted to establish, or we thought did establish kind of going into this year. And now we're kind of seeing it revert back a little bit. But, you know, when you look at just the defense, like take out all the meetings and the press conferences and those intangibles, and just look at him as a defensive mind, right, Jake? And he came into this, he was hired based on being a defensive mastermind in the Vic Fangio tree, having that defense in one year in LA go be the number one in basically every statistical category. And I got to thinking, and sometimes a lot of times, I don't know if you guys talk about this or not, but a lot of times with sports and anything in life, you kind of have to look back before you look forward. And in team sports, you know, championships and goat status and statistics are so dependent on who you play your schedule and when you play that opponent. And there's been a lot of people, and I'm not taking anything away from players or or teams that won championships, but there's been a lot of times where the championship team, and I'm not just saying football in any sport, 
you can probably look back and say, wow, they had a pretty easy path to that championship. Like it just worked out in their favor where they played teams at the right time. They stayed healthy. This team was injured. They may have not even been the best team, but they won it that year and they got it. And so I was looking at Brandon Staley in that year in 2020 for the Rams. And you look at the quarterbacks that that defense played against. They played against a Carson Wentz, which they got a W. They lost to Josh Allen. They lost to Jimmy Garoppolo twice. Lost to Tua Tungavailoa. Lost to Russell Wilson. His only wins against decent quarterbacks, they got one win against Brady, and then one win against Kyler Murray. And then you have, you know, Dak Prescott, Kyle Allen slash Alex Smith, Daniel Jones, Cam Newton on his back burner year. They lost to Sam Darnold when they were the winless Jets. So you started looking, and it kind of spills over to this Chargers team now, and I'm getting long-winded, I know, but this team hasn't beaten good offenses and good quarterbacks. They beat up on the bad teams, right? We saw it two weeks in a row with the Bears and the Jets, where all of a sudden you're like, oh, there's the defense. There's the pass rush. There's schematically, it looks sound. But anytime they've played a good offense and a above-average quarterback, it's almost like they just get picked to pieces, picked to shreds. The offense knows exactly what's coming, and there's adjustments made. I, I think credibly there has been adjustments made game over game, half over half, but typically they're too late. Or it's revert, and they do decent in one half, and then they revert adjustments, and they do horribly the second half, like we saw against Detroit this week. So long-winded answer, but it's just it's seemingly like the success of Brandon Staley prior to this point was a little more predicated on the lack of high level competition and beating up on worse teams. Daniel Popper had a couple questions for Brandon Staley in the press conference afterwards. Brandon Staley said yesterday after the team's first practice of the week that he still intends to call <laughs> the defensive um, plays for the duration of the season. Doesn't see any need to change that. And there was some just interesting I guess things that we had found out just from inner locker room conversations and processes in which the gate, the game preparation has come about, you know, you saw some quotes from Jasir Taylor, just in terms of how they normally work when things go wrong, what they try to work to get right. But unfortunately they just haven't put it together, Ryan. And this goes collectively offensively and defensively, in my opinion, it's just been three things that have really haunted the chargers. Obviously you have, you have miscalculations in coaching, Complementary football, both offense, defensively, special teams. You have not been able to put all three phases of that together. And execution, when you need it most, even if it is the right play call, it just is so debilitating when it comes to those big moments for the Chargers. And just last week, I felt like going into that Detroit game after what you did, even against Chicago and the Jets, you could have taken aspects of what you did defensively. Obviously, you weren't going to shut out a team like Detroit. But you could have took aspects of what you were doing defensively and brought that into that game. Bosa and Mack didn't even have a sack. Nobody seemed to even be around Jared Goff. You couldn't create any pressure on him. And they had guys just getting involved. That was a Ben Johnson special that they put on that Chargers defense. So it's, I'm sure, from the player standpoint, you even heard Derwin James talk about it as he went into the locker room, went and apologized to all the guys on the offense that they essentially, in his mind, let him let them down because that was a wild shootout that it ended up being. And all you needed was one more stop to give your offense a chance and you just couldn't do it. So this, while this game going into Green Bay almost feels like another get right type of game, whatever you do in this game, especially if it's a win, you're going to have to be able to start this now as the trend to carry forward because there is 
very little margin for error that you can afford to give up between now and the playoffs. So let's get into this, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Up, update on the injury report front. A lot of Chargers returned to practice today, uh, notably Keenan Allen, Sebastian Joseph Day, Donald Parham, and JT Woods. Joey Bosa, Alohi Gilman, Rashawn Slater, they were still all full practices. No designation changed from uh, that yesterday. And so going into this Green Bay game, it's just it's very interesting. I'm going to give you the choice on what side of the ball that you want to start on, offense or defense. Let's go offense. I think we started defense last time I was with you. So let's go offense. Start. And I'm sorry, I wasn't clear. Was it the Chargers offense or the Green Bay's offense? Chargers offense. Let's start with Chargers the offense. positive, I guess, for this team, at least for now, for this week. Okay. We'll see. Next week, I'm sure it'll be the defense will be the positive and the offense struggle. <laughs> okay. There was actually, a, if you want to look at it from, you know, with the the positive glasses on, I guess, there was a lot that I loved about what we saw offensively last week. Now, out of necessity, yes, but that was an offense coached by Kellen Moore that I thought that was the offense that we were going to get the week after Mike Williams went down. That was everybody getting involved. Austin Eckler had a better game than he has had in previous weeks. Keenan Allen obviously doing Keenan Allen things. He was just an absolute monster. Justin Herbert mm-hmm. was in his bag last Sunday. Quentin Johnston finally getting his first touchdown of his rookie career, even contributed to three uh, pass interference calls that kept drives alive. Jalen Guyton, welcome back. He getting in, in the end zone as well. And this was Kellen Moore starting to use the tight ends now in between the 20s and not just in the red zone. And just the message that he had put forth in the preseason of using the entirety of the field, I thought that that really came to fruition in this game. And I'm really interested to see what he's going to do in this circumstance. Again, Gerald Everett, when we talk about one of those notable injuries, um, his designation, I guess, has now been changed from back to chest, according to Daniel Popper. So I'm not really sure what changed that. But uh, it's still basically 50-50, you know, day-to-day, as Brandon Staley said, whether or not he's going to play. But the return of Steven Anderson really got me excited to hear that yesterday. I thought that when he was with the Chargers... He was their best blocking tight end when they had him back in 2021. He showed his versatility as he could be used as an H-back, and he can even catch balls coming out of the backfield. So I'll be interested to see, especially with them already bringing up Nick Vanette, what's this tight end room going to look like? This is where I would start to attack the Packers because last week against Pittsburgh, they gave up over 200 rushing yards. I would feel as the message still continues to go with Brandon Staley and Kellen Moore that you're going to want to try to get that running game going as as best as you can. It still has just been an anomaly for the Chargers since week one, since that, that game against Miami. But I feel like that that's where they're going to start. And if they can get that going finally, that's going to open up things for this offense to do more. Yeah. And it's something that they absolutely, they at least stuck with against the lions, right? Austin Eckler with 19 carries. I think only had like 3.5 yards per carry, but they, they were committed to it. And even when the game was back and forth, they weren't just abandoning it. Like we've seen in weeks past and this Packers defense is, you know, it's, it's deceiving, right? Like, I don't think it's necessarily a great defense and, but just two weeks ago, they held the other LA team Rams to three points. And I, granted, that was a Rams team with no Matthew Stafford and some injuries there and and <laughs> some questionable play calling from Sean McVay. And that's a whole different storyline. But still, anytime you hold a team to three points, your defense is doing something right. And some of those were in the red zone. So this is not a defense that should be taken lightly. You know, they have some great players on the defensive line. 
with uh, Rashawn Gary, among others. Um, I know they just traded away their their big secondary piece, but still have some playmakers back there. So it's an offense that this needs to be the game, Jake, where this offense needs to come out and just play for the kill. And it's not like it's like <laughs> we, we talk about it. I know you guys talk about it. We've talked about it. We talk about it offline. It's whenever there's a struggle with this team, it's like everything. The wheels fall off. So that's like the offense looked great last week, but it's like they looked great because the offense looked bad. So it's like they had to. Whereas if the defense probably would have played better last week, I bet the offense would have struggled and not played as well. For whatever reason that is, I don't know if it's if it's just coincidence or what. And so this is the week against this Packers team where this offense needs to come out and just go for the kill right away. And I agree, committing to the run, but also just just let Herbert get in his bag early. I, I still want to see him spread the ball around more. I know I'm nitpicking there. Like who really cares if they're moving the ball? Like Keenan Allen, 11 for 175, two touchdowns. Like, does it matter who it goes to? I just think eventually that's really going to haunt them. Um, or it has even a little bit here, but uh, we did see at least a little bit, like you mentioned, Jalen Guyton got involved, Quentin Johnston. Shout out to you for calling. Uh, you had a bold prediction for a monster game. I heard you guys' show last, last week. And, what do you have him going for? Like 80, 80 I, I had him. I had him eight catches for 80 yards and a touchdown. So I got a quarter of it. <laughs> so yeah, you got, you got, you got half the catches, half the yards, but you got the touchdown. So I'll give you that. Um, he got the board and, and it seemed like he was building some confidence there. So yeah, you just want to see them get after it and see this offensive line play consistent. I don't think they've played a consistent full four quarters um, this season for whatever reason. And I know obviously that the loss of Corey Lindsley is a huge one that everyone's talked about a lot and rightfully so. But it's time now for this offense to just take charge and say, you know what? We know we don't have a defense. We know there's questions about our head coach, but we also know we have a hell of a lot of talent and we got a good offensive coordinator, a good play caller. And the reason why he was brought here was for us to put up 30 points a game. So now let's just go do it. And no more blaming sides or this or that. Rightfully so. That's what we can do. But as a unit, I just want to see them go out and just put it all together as an offensive unit and at the end of the day, if they if they put up 30, regardless of how this Chargers defense is, that Packers offense should not be putting up 30 points. So if they can get to that 27 threshold, 30 threshold, I don't think this team should have a problem pulling away in this one. Yeah, it'll be an interesting matchup between uh, Keenan Allen and Jair Alexander on the outside. I'd be interested to know, just depending on who's obviously going to, you would, I guess, have Quentin Johnston matched up with Carrington Valentine. That would probably be the most mm-hmm. logical situation there depending on where you plan to put Jalen Guyton in this cir- circumstance but uh, that'll be an interesting matchup in itself if anybody has two hours and 15 minutes to spare the Chargers put up all 10,000 <laughs> yards of Keenan Allen during the entirety of his career so if you have two two hours and 15 minutes to spare that video is out there for you just to watch catch after catch after catch. how long do you think that took them to make <laughs> the, the two or three social media people Swift involved in that through? I mean again the Chargers social media team is of the upper echelon of the NFL. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know how easy it is for them to access, but I'm sure you had to go into the archives and oh yeah, pull every one like, of those. Like, is there an AI tool where you can just grab a video and say, clip every number 13 catch? <laughs> I mean, that would be so simple to do it. And if they do have something like that, just like, Hey, yeah, give me, you know, you have all your filters just like, yes, Keenan Allen catch every single game yeah. between this year and this year. And boom, there it is. Now all you have to do is splice it together. That makes it really simple. <laughs> Hopefully it wasn't just somebody sitting in the film room for a week on yeah. like 36 cans of caffeine oh, <laughs> and trying to find every single catch. That which would may be, have been what it was. It may have been, been what it was. was. Who knows? Who knows? But uh, 
it'll be yeah, it'll be it'll be an interesting matchup. And and like you said, just let Justin Herbert go with the ball. Mm-hmm. It, it should be. I would assume that the finger would be essentially back to 100. percent He mm-hmm. has not been practicing with the splint. It's now only been tape, so there should be no question marks there. I thought the offensive line last week against Detroit had one of their better games that they had had in the last several weeks. So if you keep that trend up and you could start opening up holes in this running game, that's going to give balance to everything else. Now I know what I'm saying as far as the running game goes, and you know it's always on the arm of Justin Herbert's going to give you the best chance to win, which I get. But you still need to have balance with it. You know, having Justin drop back 40 times is not always the best recipe for success because sometimes he'll get hit. Sometimes there could be a turnover and you want to keep defenses on their toes. So Mm -hmm. where you can exploit this Green Bay defense, definitely, I think is in the middle. So Will Clapp, Zion Johnson, Jair Alexander, they're going to need to start opening up those holes through the middle. Yeah. And I'm curious, sorry, just to jump in really quick. Curious if I, I'm trying to remember if they've played since Staley's been in in uh, as the Chargers head coach. I don't believe they have, but for those that don't remember, when Staley was the defensive coordinator at the Rams, Joe Barry was the linebackers coach of the Rams, and he brought Joe Barry over with him to the Chargers, who then ended up not not staying and became the DC of the Packers. So Joe Barry now the DC of the Packers. So you would think that there could be some exploitation there from Brandon Staley, knowing him somewhat, and they only spent a year together, but liked him enough to bring him with him to the Chargers side. Um, so I'm curious what kind of you know chess match we can see there and what little tidbits Staley will give to Kellen Moore in terms of what Joe Barry runs on defense. Let's flip it over to the offensive side now, Ryan. Or excuse me, the defensive side for the Chargers. Yeah. Excuse me. <sighs> okay. I hate this stat because eventually it's going to break. And especially from what you've seen from the Chargers defense lately, this may be the week to do it. The Packers still have yet to score more than 21 points per game mm-hmm. throughout the duration of the season. This might be the year that they find, or excuse me, this might be the, the week that they finally do it. I just, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to say for the Chargers, even going against Jordan Love and the struggles that he's had throughout this year it's still hard to say what Chargers team is going to show up. And I say team because they've had that both offensively and defensively where they just haven't put all together. Defensively, you really would have to figure that film room this week for that defense was horrible to watch. Yeah. But but what defense are we going to see? I would assume that Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, and Thule are going to have a much better outing against Green Bay's offensive line than they did against Detroit's offensive line. But man, some of those ass, some of those cleanups in the secondary, I know Michael Davis was a last minute sit down because he was still fighting an illness, but this is still a Packers team that has weapons. And especially last week, even in a loss, Jordan Love was actually spreading the ball around to mm-hmm. Christian Watson, to Romeo Dobbs. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon both got involved in the running game. They still have a two-headed monster. Which defense is going to show up in this circumstance? I just do not know. Yeah, well, and it's it's a tough offensive system to defend against in in what kind of Staley does. And and here's kind of an example why the lot. So I, I'm pretty sure the last two times these these guys faced Staley's year in in Los Angeles, his last game as the DC. For the Rams, 
was against the Packers in the first round of the playoffs. Now, granted, Aaron Rodgers is a much better quarterback than Jordan Love, but Matt LaFleur and the Packers offense just picked apart the Rams defense. If you remember, Aaron Donald was injured in that game, played sparingly, but was not himself. And so because there was no pass rush, they were able to just methodically pick and choose. They didn't get explosive plays. They just moved the ball methodically. They ran the football uh, very soundly, and they just did little slant routes and drag routes slowly down the field, kind of just making the defense eventually pinch in, and they, they hit a few deep ones late. So I'll be really curious to see in this one, Jake, if, if they do kind of a similar thing. And that's similarly what Detroit did, right? Like it was very methodical, finding the holes in the defense. Jared Goff got the ball out of his hands so quick. I mean, Thule, Khalil, Joey were non-existent, but it wasn't really their fault. If the quarterback's getting rid of it in a second and a half, two seconds, you just, you can't get to the quarterback in that time. If they're exploiting your holes in your zone, or they just know they have your man beat because you're doing 10 yard off man coverage and they can just run these short little stuff. So Matt LaFleur does that a lot anyway, especially now with Jordan Love. So it'll be curious to see how Brandon Staley and this defense reacts, if they're going to do different stunts to be able to get some pass rush down, um, or if they're just going to really play press man so that they, the quarterback, they can't get rid of it that quick because the receivers have to have time to get open. But if you're playing zone or you're playing 10-man off, 10-yard off man, I mean, they're just going to move the ball right down the field. So, I mean, that's going to be the big thing is what style of defense Brandon Slade puts out there because that's going to indicate everything how this this defensive unit plays. Defensively, when we're talking about this, obviously it's going to start in the trenches. Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, and Thule, I think, have a resurgence game. The interior of this Packers offensive line is not that good. We've seen what Jordan Love looks like when there is constant pressure on him. Even last week, when you look at just the numbers that he put up, two touchdowns, two interceptions, that's a good Pittsburgh defense Mm -hmm. that came after him. But again, I look at this, and I still think to myself, if that pressure, for whatever reason, is not able to be generated, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Luke Musgrave, who's now getting involved in this offense, Jane Reed, they've got weapons. And I almost look at it similar to, with the exception of the quarterback, that you could have a very similar type of game to the game plan that Detroit came out with. Establish the run early, make that balance, get some pressure off your quarterback. They could find areas to exploit, much like you were saying, if you're playing 10 yards off coverage, it's going to be a long day. It's going to be a long day. Now, personally, I would think that this is going to be a pissed off Chargers team led by Derwin James. And I think that this will be a game that they will come back and they will actually right the ship, so to speak. But even so, I, I know I can sit here saying what I, what I expect, but too many times this team has failed to live up to expectations. So, I, I feel like I'm almost just throwing it into the trash can by saying it or almost just giving it the kiss of death by, by using that sentence. Uh, it's mm-hmm. the, the morale and the faith of just anybody watching this team right now is just that's, that's how you normally feel. And until the narrative changes, something that I've talked about way too many times, more times than I would like to, until that changes, what are you exposed to? What are you supposed to expect? from this team. And this will transition to my next question for you, Mm -hmm. because I definitely wanted to get your thoughts on this, but I mean, do you see this as, you know, a get right game for them defensively? 
It should be. Uh, like you said, I mean, this team has this Packers team hasn't scored over 21 points uh, all season. They got a quarterback who's bottom, what bottom five? We we could say in the league right now. And I mean, obviously, there's been a ton of injuries, but when you look at actual starting quarterbacks, he's definitely a bottom tier starting quarterback. And even their their own GM has come out publicly and said they're not fully committed to him as the future of their franchise. That tells you all you need to know about right. what they think. Um, and, and so it absolutely should be. You know, it's it's not like this offense is loads better than what the Jets have or what the the Bears have. I would say they are better but I wouldn't say they're way better. So this is a, an opportunity for this defensive unit to, to get back on track. And, and then, you know, we say it all the time, like, will they be able to stack that and go on to a, a more superior opponent? But that's a different conversation for, for the next game. But yeah, this is a game where they absolutely, and not, not only should they, but they have to. I mean, I, I'm at the point where I think this Chargers front office doesn't usually fire midseason. But if they lose this game to the Packers or the defense, I mean, they're not going to fire after a win. But if they lose this game and specifically at the fall to the defense, I mean, the season's done. You're not coming back from from loss like this, dropping to four and six in a loaded AFC. I know it's I know there's still mathematically absolutely an opportunity, but there's been nothing we've seen this year that shows anything that this team is going to be able to beat the upper echelon teams. They've been in every game like we'll give them credit for that. Right. They, They at least compete. They battle. Like, I mean, they're, they're not quitting out there. So, I mean, that's at least one process, but they're not clearly at least defensively put in the best situation to win. And like we said, I mean, we can go back to the chiefs game, which me and you previewed. I was on for that one. You can't play zone against Travis Kelsey. And what did they do the whole first half? They played zone and he taped them apart to what the tune of 157 yards or whatever. Then they, they adjusted and they played better in the second half, but it was too little too late. And so it's just at the point where it's like, unless they're putting the opportunity best served to win, this team's not going anywhere. So this is a chance this week to do that and start stacking it and then hopefully get to the next week and and do it again. You almost basically answered half of my question that I was going to lean into on that (laughs) because I wanted just your perspective because I know Dan and I have talked about this now at nauseum. I wanted just to know from you how you felt just as far as where this team stands right now, essentially with the season on the line. Where do they go from here? Because that's a question that we've gotten from the fan base for too long now. And whether we're talking front office player, anything like that, just from whatever means it takes to get to the playoffs, because this kind of just feels like the same type of situation that after the Chicago game, it's like, okay, even if you're able to go into Lambeau and get a win, yeah, that helps you in the win column, but that doesn't really do anything mm. to lift your spirits moving forward until they actually present it against a team like Baltimore, Buffalo, Kansas City, whatever it is. Yeah. So it's it's like, it's just, it feels like it's almost, you know, pushing the field goal back a little bit week yeah. by week. So while I see this as high stakes for the Chargers, they absolutely need to win this game internally moving forward, it, it doesn't do much for me. I don't know if it doesn't much anything for you or if just from a standpoint of confidence that it, I mean, I would hope that it would do something for that team. We thought we saw that, especially after the jets game and you saw that locker room mentality mm-hmm. and the camaraderie between everybody. You thought that's like, okay, when Brandon Staley said after the Kansas city game that we're going to reset and you fire off two wins, the way that they did against Chicago and the jets and the way that they were winning, that was the bigger picture. The way that they were winning those games, I thought yep. was a bigger deal. And that, yes, you could possibly take some of those aspects moving forward. 
unfortunately, that just hasn't happened yet. So uh, wh- where, where, where do you see this, Ryan? I mean, let's just assume that even if the Chargers are able to go into Lambeau, get a win, I know just trying to fortune tell a little bit here, but let's just say they go in, they get a win here. Now, you, now you're stacked with just AFC conference opponents for the remainder of the season. You still have two divisional games against Denver. You have to play Vegas one more time, Kansas City one more time. You have the, the Ravens, the Bills, and the New England Patriots sprinkled in there. I mean, that's, that is a tough, tough schedule for this team to finish out considering the way that they have been playing. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I try so hard because a lot of people do. I don't think you guys do either, but I try so hard not to be so reactionary after one week. Like you got to look like bigger lens and kind of see and put everything together and, and you know, what the pathway is. Um, but I've kind of, I've kind of reverted to full. Like after that Jets game, I, I wrote a piece about how I believed at that point, the Chargers were truly a dark horse Super Bowl candidate. And it wasn't because they beat up on the Bears and the Jets. Did I say the Chiefs before I meant the after the Jets game? But it wasn't because they beat up on the Bears and the Jets, but as, as you alluded to, it was how they did it. And we've seen many times this team, in order for them to win, Justin Herbert has to play Superman. Put on the cape. They got to, you know, it's how many times were they, there's a stat of how many losses they have scoring, what, 27 points and they lose or whatever. And in order for them to win, they've got to score 30 plus and he's got to be flawless and can't have any mistakes and that. And okay, this is great, but how is that going to work long term? Well, those were the first two games and specifically the Jets game where Herbert did not have a good game at all. The offense was non-existent in the Jets game and the defense showed up. Now the Jets obviously do not have a good offense, but they made a good offense look putrid or they made a bad offense look putrid with the pass rush, you know, the, the multiple sacks from Thule, Khalil and Joey, the special teams unit got involved. So it's like, okay, they finally got to a point where they've bought in as a team. It seems like they've won two straight. Now they went on the road on prime time and they did it without their offense doing anything. Their star quarterback had 130 yards and was basically not a factor. So here's a team that can really do it. Well, then they go the very next week and they revert back to everything they've done in the past. Justin Herbert had to play Superman. They still didn't get it done because the offense gave up 41 and what seven straight scores or whatever uh, that they couldn't they couldn't contain. So I'm at the point where you know this this team just doesn't have a trend, a positive trend that gives me any confidence. As we've kind of been saying, I don't want to keep talking in circles. But when you just look around the AFC, I mean, let's just look in the division right now. It's really hard to argue that the Chargers right now, based on how they're playing, not based on talent, but based on how they're playing, are better than either the Raiders or the Broncos. As crazy as that statement is to say, Broncos have now beaten the Chiefs and the Bills back-to-back. The Raiders have won two straight. Granted, against not good teams, but they've won two straight. They're 5-5. Five and five. And Kansas City got help on a bye week because virtually every AFC conference opponent lost last week. And the weird part yeah. about that, the Chargers have scored the most points in the division. And still yeah. sit where they're at right now in the in the division. Exactly. And and so I don't know really where I'm getting with my answer. I'm getting along with it, but essentially, yeah, this game this game is a must win, hundred percent. But it won't change kind of our thinking in terms of the trajectory of uh, of this team until they beat a good team. Got to do it. Got to do it. And you know, there's been many years where good teams get easy schedules and get in. I mean, when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won their Super Bowl with Tom Brady, they had one win over a 500 win team in the regular season but the way they won was very different right they 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 won in in different categories and they had different units that were of, of measures and whatnot and so i'm not saying the charters need to all of a sudden beat every single good team to prove that they're any good they got to at least be one 
<laughs> they got to beat one to show they can do that and get over that hump. And this is just a step, but it's not necessarily a, a meaningful step. Let's do bold predictions. I won't do the game predictions. Dan and I have not done that for three weeks now. And <laughs> thankfully, <laughs> thankfully that we haven't, because I'm sure we probably would have embarrassed ourselves if that was the case. Uh, bold predictions. Ryan, let's start with you. Give me one offense or defense. Oh, bold prediction. Okay, well, I think let's uh, let's check our good friends here at Underdog, shall we? And see what um, I think Keenan Allen right here is listed. At let's see here, if you go to underdog fantasy, use promo code uh, what is it, unleashed to get a match bonus up to a hundred dollars. Uh, Keenan Allen is over under seven receptions or over under 85.5 receiving yards. So, until they this offense shows something different, like I can sit here and say they need to spread the ball around, we can sit here and say, hey, let's get QJ, QJ more involved, considering no Mike Williams, no Joshua Palmer, until they do it. And especially if you're going to be putting money on this and going to underdog and having some fun with it, like I'm not going to bet against it until they change it. So I'm going over seven receptions for Keenan Callen, Keenan Allen over 85. So I'll go. He has, I'm going to go Keenan Allen finishes the day with nine receptions for 110 yards and a touchdown. I don't know if that's nice. bold, but I mean, that's just, I think the standard not necessarily the, the way point. that he's playing, but yeah, it's pretty much the standard as the way it goes right now. He is just having an unbelievable season. I'll flip it over to the defense. And it's interesting because when we were talking about the defense, I didn't, I did not happen to note that one of the other signings that came along with the Chargers yeah. this week, outside of Steven Anderson, was the former Packer Justin Hollins. Mm-hmm. I like that signing a lot. I do too. I do too. To replace Chris Rump, um, I like that one a lot. I think that this defense will get back to its multiple sack game that it has had against Chicago and and the Jets. And especially from the interior standpoint, so I say that the Chargers are going to end up with five sacks in this game on Jordan Love. Mm. The weird part about it is, Ryan, even saying that stat, you would think, hmm, you're sacking the quarterback five times, your defense is probably going off, and you're probably going to win the game. I don't know. I'm just saying the stat. I have no (laughs) other confidence attached to it beyond that. I'm just merely (laughs) making the bold prediction in that circumstance. Well, I right. hope that's true because I took the Jared Goff was over under two getting sacked and I took the over. I'm like, oh, after what they did the Jets and, you know, this is a big game. Jared Goff is a quarterback. That. You would have thought that. Goose unfortunately, yes, that's Goose what egg. tends to happen, unfortunately. Well, that's going to wrap it up here for our Packers Chargers preview. Want to thank Ryan so much for coming in, filling in for Dan. Always enjoy having Ryan on the show. And if you are in Lambeau, if you didn't make the trip out there, Make sure to try and track down Dan Wolkenstein in the least creepy way possible, of course. No, but track creepy. him down. There apparently is. <laughs> there apparently creep, is. Creep. Apparently, there is a good Chargers contingent that actually made the trip out there. So if you guys are out there, make sure to all get together and represent this team very strongly. Uh, outside of that, hope everybody has a great weekend, and we will see you next time on Chargers Unleashed. <laughs>